God's world set aright. She does this when the world around her is all wrong. How can she even think such a thing, let alone sing of it? She can sing that revolution because Mary has heard an inner revolution. A revolution of blessedness. A revolution of what happens when we hear, really hear, the whisper that is God's voice. The still, gentle, but persistent voice that says to you and says to me, you are my child. You are beloved. The whisper is a revolution because the shrill voices of the world's values, that shriek that we are valuable only insofar as we are useful or relevant or powerful or beautiful, Into the midst of all that noise, God's voice says that you are infinitely valuable because you are a child of God. Because God made you. Because you are beloved of God and you are blessed. And everyone else is blessed too. That is the basis of the call to love and to justice. Because all are blessed, all are children of God, all are created to live in a world that affords enough for all to live and thrive and rejoice. All are blessed. Mary could sing a song of revolution because she heard and felt inside a revolution of blessedness. And it sounds like a whisper. One of the other things that our world tells us is that if you're blessed, well, then life should be simple. Isn't that the blessing? And yet when Mary said, all generations will call me blessed, she did not mean that her life was easy. When she said yes to the angel and started a scandalous pregnancy, she was subject to a society that would have have brought death by stoning for such a thing. And even when she wasn't stoned, she had to be subject to gossiping and clucking and gossiping of everyone in town who knew who was married to who and when the wedding date would be. She had to speak to a fiancé and hope that he would stay with her. And if Mary could have seen further into the future, I don't know that she did, but if she would, she would have seen that this child that she was going to bear was ultimately going to be rejected and tortured and killed on a cross by those same gossiping voices. 
Her blessedness did not make her life easy. And yet, she sings, all generations will call me blessed. Because in spite of all of that, she heard and she said yes to God's voice that called her to be part of the work of saving the world, and that made it worthwhile. In the midst of all those voices of condemnation and of cruelty, she heard the voice that assured her that she was beloved, that she could reflect, that she could embody, literally embody God's love. And she could be profoundly grateful for all of it. I think that is why God chose this amazing young woman to raise the Son of God. Because she could, in the way she lived and loved, instill in the child Jesus this sense of deep blessedness, revolutionary blessedness no matter what the external circumstances are. I, I don't think Mary walked around six inches above the ground in a, in a, a blue-robed cloud of Pollyanna optimism. It's hard to do that when you're ground down by a Roman Empire. I'm sure that she worried. I suspect she complained. We know she wept, as most any of us do. But she faced it all with a profound assurance that working through all the pain and all the difficulties, she knew she was loved and blessed by the God who called her. As poet and artist Jan Richardson says, one yes to an angel, and Mary becomes a revolutionary. So a couple of weeks ago, at the Liberation Covenant Group potluck at Sarah Bailey's home, Grace Killian led us through a reflection on the Magnificat, and it was wonderful. Grace said, I've been reading everything that I can find that's been written about the Magnificat, and none of it says what I think is true. And we said, well, what do you think is true, <laughs> right? And she said, I think God chose Mary because of Mary's imagination. And I thought that was brilliant. I've never heard that before. Even though she lived under a violent Roman empire, that squelched and marginalized the Jewish people, Mary had the imagination to believe that God had other plans. Even though she was likely poor, in a world that proclaimed that richness was a sign of God's blessing, Mary imagined that God raised up the lowly. And she could imagine what God's realm would look like, that everyone would have enough, that no one would have more at the expense of someone else. She imagined it in specific detail, the no one hungry, no one powerless, no one victimized. And all those who had too much would be brought down, 
God's promise of the peaceable kingdom, God's promise of justice for the least would be made real. To be born in human form, God needed a yes from someone with a big enough imagination to believe that God's promise could and would be accomplished, not by mighty armies, not by powerful politics, but by this tiny baby that could grow in her own womb. And Mary had enough imagination to say yes. We were wondering how Mary have such a world-changing imagination. And I think it was because she had a powerful memory. A memory of God's mighty acts of old. Mary knew the story of God's liberation of the Hebrew slaves from Egypt. She knew the story of God's love that was told in the scriptures, in the Psalms. And she knew it was her story, too. That she, like Moses and Miriam, she, like the prophets, Jeremiah, Micah, Isaiah, Amos. She was also part of God's great story as a young peasant girl because she had the memory of God's mighty and redeeming actions in God's past, in her past, in her people's past. She knew what God could make possible in the future because she remembered God's great love. She knew herself to be blessed. And she knew that through her, all the world could be blessed. To be born in human form, God needed a yes from someone with a collective memory to remember that God is constantly working to heal all that is broken, to liberate all who are not free, to make right all that is wrong. God needed someone whose memory was strong enough to believe that she could bear in her own womb God's salvation to the world. And Mary had enough memory to say yes. We believe that Mary had the imagination and she had the memory to hear and bear the angel's good news, to know that she was blessed, to be able to say yes to a call, to be part of something truly big, something truly holy, even in the face of everything that ridiculed her, everything that didn't believe her. Mary had the imagination and the memory to declare God's vision, not only for herself, but for all God's people, which is all people. And to sing it loud and joyful, and to live it, to bear this child into the world and raise him up through the political chaos of his day to adulthood. God needed someone with imagination and memory to say yes. 
And God still needs people with imagination and with memory to say yes, now at least as much as 2,000 years ago. It's not easy to be people of imagination in this world. It's not easy to remember what's been and project it forward into what will be. It's a lot easier to be cynical. It's a lot easier to be weighed down by the news of human hubris and error. But God calls us to more than that. God calls us to better than that. I just got this mental image of a pregnant teenager with a guitar busking in Harvard Square singing about a revolution. Mary in the Bible sang that song with Elizabeth as her only audience. But each Christmas season, as we read that song, and we sing that song, we know we're the audience too, and we have to be the performers. We have to sing that song. God calls us to sing it. God invites us to be people who remember that our story is also part of God's story, that we too are people of a liberating God. Mary's song calls us to remember that we too are blessed and to be a blessing and to share that blessing with all whom we meet near and far. Mary's song calls us to stretch our imaginations beyond what the world may tell us is possible and to proclaim what God says is possible. That the proud are scattered, that the mighty will be brought down, that the lowly are lifted up, and the hungry are filled. Mary's song asks questions of us. This whole Christmas story asks questions of us. How will we embody the good news? How will God's promise be made real in your life and in mine? How will Christ be born this year in our hearts? And how will our very bodies, our very lives, offer witness to God's liberating love? Because like Mary, we can choose to live in our belovedness in a way that blesses others and brings the world to greater wholeness. Like Mary, we can say yes to a God, to a God's blessing that begins with a revolution, not of guns, not of weapons, not of politics, but a revolution of soul and of heart, a revolution in what makes living worthwhile a revolution that's grounded in God's unconditional love right here and right now. This Advent, this Christmas, we are invited to a revolution of love. And it sounds like a whisper.
Low How a Rose Blooming is number 216 in the red hymnal.